Welcome to the Seal Podcast. I'm Tyler Seal. And I'm Shiloh Seal. Hey guys, welcome back. So we are continuing our journey through First and Second Thessalonians. We have about wrapped up chapter one of First Thessalonians, but we want to go back in to verse nine and kind of give a testimony and a real-world application for others to follow, for you to start finding ways to put the Scripture to work, to actually see how these things are done. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. That's a beautiful verse, and we did speak a lot about it how that was, you know, the work of faith and the labor of love that was spoke about in verse 3. But it's really easy to brush right past something like that and never apply it to yourself, especially today where we think, well, you know, I don't have any stone statue of Marduk sitting in my house. Unless you do, you should definitely get rid of that thing. Definitely. But there's a lot of idols in our life, you know. And I'm not just talking about non-Christians or new Christians. I'm talking about seasoned Christians who don't recognize that addictions and things that you invest a lot of time in can be idolatry as well. And we did cover that a lot, but in our own home and in our own Christian walk, I mean, we were nearly a decade deep into Christianity and discovered that our house was full of witchcraft and idolatry through no intention of our own. It was just things we'd overlooked or things we didn't really consider that big of a deal. And the more we realized that those hooks were already planted, the more we had to just set our feet in the mud, plant ourselves firmly and decide we're going to go to war against all of this stuff and see where we end up on the other side. I think my wife's going to share a lot of the testimony and I'll add in where I can, but I just want to speak for a minute as a father in his 30s with sons ranging from 0 to 15. A few of the things that I had to personally deal with for me and my boys included getting rid of our entire collection or investment in things like Marvel movies. And we loved Marvel movies and we loved going to them. We started turning into trash towards the end, but the amount of occult and witchcraft in those movies would shock you once you really realize that looking in on those things as a young man makes you hunger for those things. It makes you wonder about those things. And I had to ask myself, what is the fascination anyways with this stuff? Why are my kids all so fascinated with these magic-wielding heroes and things of that nature? And the truth is, because God created us as a body, a soul, and a spirit, there's a part of every young man, and I imagine woman too, that Mm -hmm. seeks after the spirit realm. And because At least for me, the church did not 
feed that need. It did not give you the teachings of what it means to be a spiritual warrior as a Christian. The church is not a place that teaches about that spirit realm. But everywhere in America, whether you go to a tarot reading on the street corner or you go to a Marvel movie or you go to a video game, you find you find teachings on the spirit realm from the enemy. And so that's where your kids are getting that fix that every human requires. They they know there's something more out there. Mm-hmm. We intuitively know that, but the church ignored that. Yeah, and I would just interject right there too. The same is true for um for mothers in many ways. Like we've we've talked about this in our own home. Like the um gosh, there was a season early in our Christianity where um we had some different kids dealing with some different things and I was going to like herbal medicines and look, I'm not saying herbal medicines are wrong. I'm totally uh I am definitely apart from pharmaceuticals um you know we, we don't really use them at all I mean we birth our babies at home we try to do things as natural as we can but there was a point and I'll just be completely transparent there was a point where I was getting like different oils for different like set it, like moods like to change the energy in the room or like um you know um mostly that I would say mostly that in our home was something um I didn't we did have like crystals and things but not like in the sense of like we're doing ceremonies or collecting them for energy changing in the room or things like that but like we all really like rocks and so we collect various rocks and so for me removing those kinds of things from my home it wasn't really the witchcraft attached to it as much as just like the idolatry of these collections of things that I become like and I'm just again being transparent I become like possessive over and like they cause issues between me and my children like if I have a collection of heart-shaped rocks in this area and I have them set like this and then the children come along and they move them all around and they take them and they steal them and they take them to little places and like okay let's not even get into the fact that they're stealing them but like you know there's I, I would get like possessive and like controlling and and I would see that like gosh I'm like doing this over a possession like I'm letting this item come between my relationship with my children and myself or even my husband and myself and then like the crystal i never stole the rocks (laughs) my little like you know different rocks that we would collect different places um it's like it wasn't that hard on this end of it it wasn't that hard now looking back to just like let it go like i told the kids you know there's a spot out in the yard i think we should um we actually were looking at the book of joshua and um and where they made a memorial unto God. And so like, as kind of like a first step myself of like removing these things, but then also showing the children, like you can, you can set things up as like a memorial to remember what God has done. And so there's a place out in our yard here where like, if they find a cool crystal, a cool rock out in the yard, I say, okay, it doesn't need to come into the house where I am. I know myself, I'm going to tend to like collect it, stack it, start, you know, start to like make this little shrine type thing right which is totally not from god that's that's not from god but but giving them like a space out in the yard where they could um play with these i don't i don't know not play with them just put them away out there 
and not have it be something that we hoard up in our homes as like these treasures. And they're in the yard. They're going to get moved anyways by the elements. The key like, to it is like finding release, you know, and not she isn't attached to those things anymore. Yeah. You can't wound her with one. I mean, unless you throw them at her. <laughs> but one of the ways I was able to minister to my whole family, and we'll try to keep moving on because there's plenty of other areas. My father was also a collector of rocks, and his weren't little rocks you mm. could throw in your pocket. They were hundred to two or three hundred pound stones, and I mean, literally, we we picked up thousands of these rocks when we decided to move from Nevada to California. He made me load those all in a truck and bring them with us, and I mean. We moved around from several different homes, and we hauled them to every one of them. I hauled them personally. I mean, it it created bitterness, and I could tell, like, he's obsessed with these things. Mm -hmm. Like, he can't let them go Mm -hmm. at some point, and he would use them for landscaping or whatever. But to me, you know... I learned how to release things from a life of moving, like young. Like I don't, I don't hold on to objects too closely because you can't take it with you when you go. But sometimes you just can't take it with you, and <laughs> and those are lessons I was able to impart in those times. But all along the way, each and every one of us found things or subjects or objects that we just really struggled with letting go, you know taking taking video games and burning them or taking movie collections or a whole collection of Harry Potter books or all these different things from 15, 14, 13-year-old kids. It was like, well, why, why all of a sudden are we doing this? And it was, you know, we had to explain to them, we just realized we're opening a door into the occult and you guys are far more fascinated. Like you could sit down and read a 600-page book on dragons and wizards, but you struggle to read for 30 minutes in God's Word. That is a problem. So, yeah, and I think in that, like, while it was tempting as parents to come in and be like, hey... We need to take this, 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 and this out of your room. We're going to start a fire. We're going to burn your stuff. Like, it was tempting. Trust me. It was really <laughs> tempting to do that. Um, but I really had to let God's word wash me and convict me and the Holy Spirit do the work on me. And so, like, for example, one thing that we, we've we had, I mean, I okay, a gift that I received at my 16th birthday was a bongo drum and I've had this same bongo drum and I'm 39 now I've had this drum I was 38 when I burned it but I was you know I've had it more than half my life it was a gift from multiple people good friends of mine but I ended up in later years having relationships with two of the people involved I have had this drum through every move I ever made going back to 16 years old Um, and I, it was like a prized possession as our children um, were born. Our kids knew every one of them was trained at a different time. Like you can, you can hit mom's drum with your hands, but you can never hit it with sticks or pencils or, you know, anything else. Um, but 
I remember when I got convicted about soul ties and it was like the Lord just showed me that drum and I knew it was like, it was so clear to me. I have to go home and burn this drum. And so when I came home, before we even talked to the kids about getting rid of things that are attached to the occult, getting rid of things that are, um, that are, you know, potentially attached and create soul ties through people or between people. Um, I remember coming home and I told them, I was like, let's get this fire pit going. I need to, I need to burn some stuff. And I grabbed my drum and I threw my drum on that fire. And I remember my kids were like shocked. They just couldn't even believe like, this is like mom's prized drum. How could she burn it? Like, that's so weird. And it was like, that was the beginning that fire, that fire raged for two weeks. Well, and it um, has to come from them. Like the, the principle is burn your stuff. Yeah. That's idolatrous. Yeah. Or, and, and not, and not just idols, you know, we lump a lot of stuff into idolatry because a lot of stuff at its root boils down to idolatry, but like the drum wasn't like an idol in our house with a little shrine or anything. No. So I'm just trying to explain, like, there's a lot of things that are worldly objects tying you to this world or tying mm -hmm. you to the dark side of the spirit world. And it has nothing to do with your relationship with God. And so if it's a hindrance, just get rid of it, throw it in the trash or burn it, you know? And, and so the so, way we modeled that helped our kids mm -hmm. bring their own things to that fire. We didn't have to, you know, we didn't have to go in and rob our children's rooms. No, I can remember their hearts by taking their loved possessions. They had to choose in their own time. Like, yeah, I think this is a problem for me. I could remember really clearly Hunter going up there and grabbing. He had like one of those big binders full of all these these Pokemon card collections that he had collected over the last like I don't even know six or seven at least years, probably going back younger than that. I don't know, but um, oh, like a whole binder full of these. And he, I remember when he brought them down, and he and I, it was like in the middle of that two week fire that we were burning. I was just burning stuff from the house as the Holy Spirit just showed me different things. I was cleaning out areas where I had stored things up and gone. And like, as I began to go through things, it was so weird. Some of the things that I found buried in my possessions that I didn't even know was there, but, but still had roots to witchcraft and still had, and you know, that is because of the life that I lived before Christ. But then you kind of, um, you know, I didn't, when I first became saved, I didn't get rid of everything. Everything didn't fall off at once. I did. I can remember the weekend that I got saved. It was like a, um, it was a, it was a Tuesday. And I can remember that that following weekend, I went through all my clothes and I used to go out to the clubs and we were like really, really, uh, clothes, like fairly clothes. And I had a lot of stuff that was like, oh, I would never want one of my daughters to wear this. Like, good Lord. And I remember going through my closet and just like peeling all the stuff. And the question I was asking was like, would I ever want to see my daughter wearing this? And just peeling stuff away that I would never want her to wear. I, I just want to read something real quick. Because that, that thing about the Pokemon cards reminded me of this. Because being honest, that was probably $1,000 worth of cards. Yeah, at least. And, you know, stuff that he had spent his own money on, traded mm -hmm. for. I don't know. However kids yeah. do it. But... In Acts chapter 19, 
17 through 19. It's this story of, you know, the sons of Sceva going and trying to cast a demon out in the name of this Jesus who Paul serves. Mm-hmm. And, and it's an utter fail because they're not, they're not actual Christians. They're not operating filled with the Holy Spirit and the power and authority of Jesus is not invested in them. But what happens is this demon attacks these men. Yeah, whoops them down. It causes the entire town to recognize the truth and power of the spirit realm and the fact that Jesus Christ and his Christians do have the authority to cast things these things out. The demon specifically had said it. So verse 17 through 19 says, And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks, also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. That's what happens when demons are cast out and lives are changed. Mm -hmm. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver, Mm. which is a ton of money for any time period. Sometimes you have to not count the cost as far as monetarily, what is it going to cost me to get rid of all of these things that are holding me down? But you need to count the cost spiritually mm-hmm. of what it might cost you. And I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking an abundant life as a Christian warrior, as somebody who's effective in ministry, effective in your own life, and knows that you're effective in your own prayer life. Like, do you want to sacrifice that to hold on to $50,000 worth of, you know, crystals and statues and, you know, like one of the stories that I loved hearing was this wonderful, wonderful pastor, Derek Prince. He passed away, but he tells a story about when he realized he needed deliverance, when he realized he had to get the occult out of his life, his family had been missionaries since his childhood. And so one of the places they had gone was China. One of the places they had gone was India. And he had this huge collection of Buddhas, like some of them jade, some of them crystal, some of them, you know, big bronze ones, you know, some really valuable, some not, but like a beautiful collection. And artwork of like dragon paintings and things like that on the walls, just all of these beautiful pieces of art. But he recognized suddenly in a moment that all of that was attached to idolatry, all of that was a cult, and it all had to go in the trash. And who knows how much, not just monetary value that had, but his parents were dead at that time. And those were collections and things that were collected that are like cherished memories of time with your father and your mother. And all of it had to go. And in a moment he knew it and got rid of it all because it's a hindrance in the spirit. And that's far more devastating than losing a memory or two. And so there's things that you're attached to that you're going to try to justify because of the history you have with it. Mm -hmm. And if the Lord clearly tells you when you pray, Lord, Reveal to Mm -hmm. me anything in this home that needs to go. 
Oh, gosh. You better be ready to sacrifice the most valuable mm-hmm. thing, like whatever it is that you're holding on to. And it could be a random thing that you have no idea how it ties to the occult. It does not but, matter. But I would say right there, too, like when you pray that, don't be like, listen, don't be like, well, God never told me to get rid of this. Well, did you ever ask him to tell you everything that you need to get rid of? Like, I would challenge you there to, like, actually ask the Holy Spirit to show you those things. But then when he says it, I'm like, well, I mean, God didn't really say to get rid of that. I mean, he just doesn't want me to, like, focus on it anymore. No, like, take what he says and let it wash you. Like, truly let him do the work that he's trying to do because he, he sees things, like, his ways are not our ways, right? His ways are not our ways. And so... He sees things and he sees things that are to our benefit that we don't even understand or know. And so if the Holy Spirit is, when you have sought him, showing you this is a thing. I had had an instance where I had prayed and God showed me an item and I was like, it didn't even make sense because it was a cross. So it really didn't make sense. So I was like, okay, Lord, like, I will do this because you told me to do this. And this is just how I talk to the Lord in my prayers. Like, this is how we talk. I'm like, I will do this because you told me to do this, but I want you to tell me why so that I can understand for future purposes. And, you know, he didn't have to honor that. He didn't have to tell me why. I knew he didn't have to tell me why, but I was asking, right? And you can ask God, like, you shouldn't be so timid with God that you don't have that personal relationship allows you to be open with God. He knows who you are. He knows your heart, right? So, so for me to ask, you know, okay, why? He had me look back at the cross and he said, why? Why am I still on it? And I'm looking and it was a crucifix, right? So it was a cross. It was a wooden cross given me to, given to me by an ex-priest. Um, an old friend of mine that I worked with when I first got saved. And, you know, I don't even know what the ties to Catholicism were with this particular cross. I don't know all the history on this cross, but God said, burn it. And I'm like, I don't want to burn a cross. And like, why do I need to do that? You know, I just want to know for future. And he says like, why am I even still on this? And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And so as I was throwing it out to burn it, one of my kids was like, did you, it was literally a Harry Potter um, movie. DVD was like in the box. And then this cross was like falling right on top of it. Right. Cause they all just went in the same um, crate to get put into the fire. And we were like kind of collecting things outside the, the actual fire. Um, Cause I didn't really want the kids throwing everything on. Anyways, the point is the child at 14 years old looked at me and was like, uh, didn't, you didn't mean to throw that away. And I was like, no, I did. And he was like, well, why? And I was like, because I had asked God and he had given me that revelation through him, I was able to tell the child from a place of knowledge. Now I was able to tell, not mine. Of course we know that it was from God. I was able to tell the child immediately. Well, look at it. What's wrong with it? And he looked and he was super confused. And then he's like, why is Jesus still on it? And I was like, exactly. And we had this moment and like that came from asking further with God, like spending that extra time, going that extra minute with him. Like he wants to do that with each one of us. And so as we 
kind of wrap this up, there's there's a few things I just want to say and speak over everybody who's listening. Mm-hmm. So far, from a pastor's point of view, anybody I've ever dealt with, and I'm specifically talking about Christians, I'm not giving this burn all your idols advice to somebody who doesn't believe in Christ, because I don't really think that'll help much. But every Christian I've encountered so far falls in the category of has idols in their life that they need to deal with. Every one of them. There are things in your home that are hindering your prayer life and your ministry life and your evangelistic efforts. And I want you to pray that the Lord would reveal those things to you. Mm. Now, if you find yourself bold enough of a Christian to get rid of those things and know that this is an ongoing process, you'll, you'll realize areas of idolatry or areas of lack of submission to God for a long time to come. We still go through. There's another part of this, and it's the key. In verse 9, he says, How you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. If you don't fill those spaces, like the physical spaces in your home, with things that are in service to the Lord, or that time you spend in idolatry. And I'll give you a few examples, but this is not an exhaustive list. Watching occult or horror or dark shows or movies. If you spend half hour, hour, more, weekly doing that, that is time that could be very well spent in God's word. Or even watching something Christian. If it's you wake up in the morning and you flip open your phone and read your horoscope, or I don't know if anybody still gets a newspaper with a horoscope in it, but if you do that, if you if you spend time checking your horoscope, you're going to get far more accurate results in the prayer closet. Yeah, I promise you that. You need to stop doing that and then replace mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. activity with Sick something in service to the living and true God. Those things go together. And, I mean, this church in Thessalonica was built in less than a month. Yeah, and they were already... And they were continuing in mm-hmm. the faith, and Paul was already teaching on these principles that I'm I'm hoping to impart to you because they're things I didn't learn till I was almost a decade deep in my faith. And And whether you're deeper than me or you're a brand new Christian... I mean, there's always room for us to grow. Yeah, and it's always the right time yes. to go deeper with the Lord. Yes, come on. So I, I don't ever want to give you guys a specific prayer. I believe in freestyle prayer, I suppose you'd say. But verbally, out loud, ask the Lord something like this. Lord, forgive me for any areas of idolatry that I have. Lord, forgive me for all the areas where I've put something Mm. on your throne other than you. Mm. Lord, give me the strength and help me to tear down all the idols in my life, wherever they may be. Show me what these things are and give me the courage and strength to tear them down. Yes, Lord. Lord, whatever you reveal. Let me testify to who told me to do this, Lord. When the people ask, why so crazy? 
Why so crazy that you would burn all of that or that you would throw all that out? Lord, let me be ready to tell them who told me to do this, Lord, that it was that it was the holy God. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one to be exalted, Lord, and that nothing should be put above you. We thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. And remember, you can reach us through the comments or through the email and share your testimony of how not only how that prayer worked out, but what came what came next? Yeah. You know, what effect did you see in your day-to-day -day life after making that commitment? So we will see you next time and have a beautiful day.